This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey guys, here's a message from one of our partners, Spider VPN. As we all know, browsing the internet can be full of hidden dangers and snoopers, but you can easily protect yourself and at the same time get access to all your favorite websites and streams by using Spider VPN. They have some amazing offers right now and have come highly recommended. Check them out at spidervpn.org and uh, get yourself some great offers now. And don't forget to mention Dazzling Dave or Always Wolves to get yourself a real nice discount. That's spidervpn.org. A very good evening to everyone. Uh, we've started the show without any internet problems like we did last week apologies for that last week i know you lost me right at the beginning for a little while but um this week we seem to be okay so far and we've got some great guests coming up uh, in the show as always uh we've got lots to talk about because of course we've got the uh two matches since we last met we've had the arsenal defeat 2-1 late drama 95th minute uh, defeat to Arsenal on Thursday night at the Emirates. And, of course, we had that performance yesterday down at the London Stadium where Wolves fell to another defeat, 1-0, both two European rivals. There was some talk with some fans on the way out saying the European dream is over. Uh, we'll be getting delving into that. Do you think that's the case? Still a long way to go in the season. Obviously, two disappointing results Um and it'll be interesting to delve into what the pundits think tonight on their performance and what they take out of these two games and how we look forward. I do have a little bit of a, 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 an announcement to make later on in the show about a very, very special podcast that's coming later on this week. Um, we Obviously, I want to say a big, big thank you to Spider VPN, uh, who power the show. Um, VPN routers for your home covering all your devices uh, allows you to watch all sorts of things and keep your data secure and they just literally plug into your own router and the link is in the description below uh, press a link uh, make sure you bang that link uh, and go and check them out but thank you to them 
And I do want to say a big, big thank you to everyone in the chat. Um, we've already got 43 watching, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, we have a new football prizes competition um, to win a Pedro Neto signed authenticated shirt, uh, which I'll give you some details on about it in a little while. But, um, you know, feel free share to share uh, on Facebook, on your messenger groups, on your WhatsApps, invite uh, your friends, uh, any Wolves fans to come and enjoy the show. And obviously, some of you, quite a few of you are watching it live. Some of you will be watching it back on uh, Catch Up. And the rest of you, hopefully, will be listening to this on the Always Wolves podcast, which will go live on uh, Tuesday morning. So you'll be able to listen to it on your way uh, into or home from work. Let me know where you're watching in the world as well. And as I say, we've got lots to get stuck into today. And my first guest... Uh, who I do believe uh, was at West Ham, friend of the show. Hello, Josh. How are you doing? Good, thanks, you. Fantastic. We And all being well, Josh, we should be able to have a, a West Ham fan from Hammers Chat coming on um, to talk about... Uh, he did promise to come on, win, lose or draw. Um, we was hoping to have Chris from uh, the Tottenham uh, fan, but he decided he was very busy all of a sudden on that day. And didn't come on, but uh, well, but the Hammers guy is definitely here. Josh, um, obviously, I don't think you went to us, but I'm, I'm taking it you probably watched it on the telly. Yeah, I went into the builder's arms in town and watched it in there with a few mates with a curry. Well, <laughs> come on to that. And then you were down there at the, uh, yeah, the London Stadium it. yesterday. And what a, what a lovely day yesterday it was mm. in every way, apart yeah. from uh, the results. Yeah. <laughs> Good decent weather to be fair when we went down, especially I thought last week's weather was all right in general compared to today. Well, we've got Derek here who's saying morning from Auckland. Uh Carl saying evening, Josh. So you know, and um that's really nice, isn't it? Uh to say hi to you. Uh starting to get recognized now when you come back on, on the channel. Uh to be honest, mate, I went to the West Ham game and I went um I went down with Chris Paul and uh, yeah. whose nickname's Ballot because he looks like uh, that footballer Ballock, the German footballer. Yeah, yeah. Um, with them, I had a fantastic day. And well, Chris is coming on. Chris Mansell's coming on uh, the show in a little while, and it was a great day. The producer was with me as well. We had a lovely time, and it's the first time I've stood in the stadium and not uh, actually took my coat off for ages because it was really kind of pleasant. Yeah, uh, so I didn't yeah. take a waterproof coat with me like the last few games. I took a thicker waterproof coat, whereas this time I wore my hoodie and a, a thin coat. And whereabouts in the in the stadium were you? Bottom tier, middle block, um, back three or four hours. Uh, and to the left of the at the goalmouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was um, well, me and the producer we were on row three, um, on the left hand side. So yeah. We were quite close in. Uh, there was um, plenty of cats, blow-up cats that were bouncing around the stadium. Uh, the stewards were busy wading in to try and rescue those cats to, you know, to take them to sanctuary. But there's certainly a few cats that survived. Yeah. Um, one of my friends that was uh, that I see sometimes travels down on the Cannock Wolves coach. Uh, she had a cat and she kept it for the whole game. And then uh, we we, some, we managed to get hold of a cat at the end, and there was a couple of lads. Two of them had a cat, and one of them didn't. 
I had a young lads, so we gave them our cat, so they all had a cat to go home with. And uh, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, one of the, you know, it was a good bit of banter. What did you make of, before we get stuck into the games, what did you make of the stadium? Is it your first time visiting there? Second time. Second time I've been down to uh, the Olympic Stadium. We went the season we come up and we got the, that last minute winner with Adama. And the same yeah. sort of, obviously a bit warmer that time because it was September. Well, it's the ground. I know it's you're far away, but I think it's a collective ground. The way it looks and how many people it can hold, it's still quite impressive. And the concourse yeah. has got a decent size to it underneath. Yeah. Well, that's the one. There are some positives. The stadium looks impressive when you walk in. It looks great. The concourse area is really, really spaced. Mm. There's plenty of toilets as yeah. well. It's not like some of the older stadiums, um, but. I'm not so sure about the atmosphere mm. inside the stadium. We talked about it after on our post-match reaction. And if you've seen it, yeah. Paul uh, said all of this, but wasn't very impressed with the actual atmosphere itself. It's a shame, really, because there's a set of fans when they used to have Upton Park. They used to that used to be really hostile at it when you went there. Yeah, and, um, the noise from all around the ground was 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 massive, really. And I think they've lost it a bit. We've we've been there now. And I think they've said themselves in the past that the atmosphere it doesn't the, the the way the stadium is and how far they are away from the pitch and how wide the roof is it doesn't help them help them with the atmosphere as much. No, well, it was obviously designed as a athletic yeah. stadium, uh, and they've turned it into a football stadium. And it is an impressive stadium, and the facilities are good, um, but I don't think it helps uh, with. The atmosphere. Let's take a look back to Thursday night, Josh. Uh, Arsenal, you were down at the uh, good old Builders Arms. Is that in Lanesfield? Just between Parkfields and the Wolverhampton Ring Road. Yeah, well, Jake here is saying it's in quietest game I've watched in a while. Even the commentators were saying it was mm. uh, eerily quiet. I take it there was plenty of Wolves fans in that Builders Arms. Yeah, there was about four, four or five tablefuls, and then there was just this one table to our right. Um, where there's about four Wolves fans and one Arsenal fan. <laughs> so that went down well at the end. Of course, it all started so well. Yeah. First first 20 minutes, first 15, 15 20 minutes, I thought we, we went at them. Like we've done the last few games, we've gone in gone in early and gone at them, capitalised on their mistake. And then after that, it was just 75 minutes of backs to the wall. I know. And to be honest, I thought we were going to, when we got to half-time, and it was the 81st minute... And um, I've been to the Emirates a few a, a few times over the years, and I thought the atmosphere from the Arsenal fans was the best I've heard it. Yeah, I say uh, you can hear it loud and clear on the um, coming through on the speakers on on, on the telly. And if, when we went down with the was it the two two draw the other year when we went yeah. down, and it was eerie then, but you could hear it. It was definitely different, different oh, atmosphere yeah. from what we could hear on the telly. And, I think that's a sign of where Wolves are now, that it was such mm -hmm. a big game for them yeah. against Wolves. And, of course, this, their first goal was a, it was a good goal, well taken. Yeah. Um, but we did have chances. And then, obviously, the finish, the end, it's it a sucker punch in it. Yeah. I mean, you know, when he's crossed it, if uh, it doesn't hit Sar's hand, it, don't, it, go, it flashes. Yeah, back across the wall. I, I think Saka was there ready to nod it in if it went across as well, though. I don't think he would have done, you know, because mm. I think it was going at such a pace. Nice. I think it had it had been very difficult because he was wide at the post. He'd have had to been full on header Get to it back. It back. But I think he might have got his head on it. But I think it might have bounced 
it, w- it yeah. would have hit him and gone. I think it would have been difficult to have got it back across. Um, I mean, we'll never know. I mean, he hit yeah. Star. Star's been brilliant for us. He hit the inside of his hand. He's got in you. You know, he's been brilliant. We had some chances. Raul missed one at the end of the first yeah. half with a header again. He, has he scored a header this year yet since he's been um, back? I don't think he has. I, I mean, obviously, he's had his head injuries. And yeah. I don't know whether he's the the feel with the band around him yeah. he's, he's, for his head. I know the first few games, he was struggling with the band, wasn't he? Because he took yeah. it off in frustration sometimes at the end of the game. I yeah, think he has gone up for a few more headers since. But well, what, yeah, Wang had that chance which was saved. Pedro Neto, yeah. I thought he'd missed it, but he, I don't think he caught it well. But apparently, deflected off the shin. Should yeah, have been a did, corner. Yeah, yeah. should have been. Should that should have been a corner every day. If that had been a corner, then the obviously the flow of the game would have gone differently, and probably that ending wouldn't have happened. But it is football. On the balance of play, you have to say probably Arsenal deserved it, but not in the way they won it. Yeah, and then we're we're looking down. You went down to West Ham. Uh, obviously, you were in the frontier, halfway back. What did you make of the of the game, mate? What did you make of the team selection to start with? I thought the change were a bit weird. I look back at it. I'm, I'm sure Marcel played the game against them at home, um, so that sort of made sense. Um, but the way I knew he's been playing as well, I think it was un- unlucky to drop him. Um, and then I, th- I thought he should have gone with a midfield three, especially the way we've been playing with it. Do you know what? I actually went with a midfield three on my pre-match, on my preview. Um, I thought away from home, um, we've done well uh, yeah. with the midfield three. Tottenham, United, we didn't start like that with Arsenal. I thought he made the changes too late to go to a three. Yeah. Um, in that one, I thought, again, a midfield three. And we never really, in both the Arsenal games and in the West Ham game, we never got a grip of the game. We never no. took any serious control. Never and, imposed ourselves. No, we did. And we, although we had more, we had 14 shots to their 13 and 60% possession to their 40, 40%. It didn't feel like that. No. It, felt, it didn't feel like that at all. Felt like the game play was, as soon as we got the ball, it just felt like it was broken up again, straight away. And we were guilty of giving the ball away a lot mm. against Arsenal, and, not, and, and it happened again. And they pressed us, and that's what we did so well against some of the other teams. And I, it was disappointing. I thought it was a big opportunity um, for the likes of Fabio, for the likes of um, Trincao, mm. for the likes of Hoover, um, and there was another one that came in, uh, Marcel. Yeah, and. I thought the only one that came out with any major credit for me was Fabio Silva. Yeah. I, I, think... Go on. I don't think you can fault his effort. He was no. trying, he was making the runs. He was getting shots away. He was chasing everything. He was trying to hold the ball up, but he was feeding off scraps. Mm. It was uh, it's as if I've said it a few times now when he's played. It's as if, for me, he needs someone there with him that can play with him and bounce off him. And we just don't seem to have it at the moment. Well, Silver said, uh, Stuart Kelsall mm. saying Silver wasn't the problem. We didn't create enough. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Trincao? I usually like Trincao. I really do. But I thought yesterday he was a bit non-existent. He just didn't... He didn't take the game at all yesterday. I just thought he was a, we were carrying a bit. Yeah. I mean... He's played for us 20 times now and he's got undoubted ability, no mm. doubt about that. 
but it just doesn't seem to it just doesn't seem to give us anything. Yeah. At least I don't know if he scored or assisted nah. in the Premier League. One yeah. yeah, and and Hoover is he a, is he a right wing back or is he more of a right back? I think if he'd have played the midfield three, I think Hoover may have had a better game than he did. Yeah, um, but it was another one. I thought we carried him a lot. He's had a good few games when he's played. I mean, we were on a bed on the coach on the way back. The last ninety minutes he played. I think was United in the lockdown yeah. season when Rashford scored that last minute winner. Well, yeah, another one that's it's uh, stung us a couple of those mm. this year, um, and and that's what I took out the team selection. I thought, okay, we played on Thursday. Raul did look absolutely cream crackers, mm. to be fair. Um, Pedence, you know, had been playing really well. Oh, I think there was an argument to start Pedence and have Trincao come on. Mm. I don't, you know, unless Pedence wasn't fully fit. Yeah. Neto obviously is still coming back, so they're still nurturing him. But the th- Wang, Wang, I don't, I don't think he created, did much either in yeah. this particular game. But when you brought on Neto and Pedence just after the goals, and then then Raúl, we started to look yeah. a lot better. But it was a little bit too little, too, too late. late. I just thought they pinned us back. From the start, I just thought we couldn't get the fullbacks far enough forward. And as soon as they did, it was coming back across because we had now one. I think Trincao and Huang were coming too far in. Mm. Do you think? Um, do you think Europe's gone now? Because we know what the Premier League can be like. I mean, you look at Southampton and the pundits are all suddenly talking about Southampton possibly getting a chance of getting into Europe after their win the other day. So if they've still got a chance. Well, and they're a few points up. behind us. And we're five I mean, points behind them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going yeah, I was gonna say we're eighth. Um I don't think Europe's gone. I think probably Champions yeah. League is gone. Yeah. <laughs> that was a tall tall order anyway. Yeah. Yes, we've lost to Arsenal. Yes, we've lost to West Ham. I think if we'd have got a point out of yesterday, it would have been great. Um, but we've got uh, we've got we've got Crystal Palace at home next week. We've got potentially what you'd say was more winnable games coming up. Yeah. Um, no game at this stage of the season's easy because there's teams scrapping yeah. for everything. And you know, even the teams down in the mix, didn't we? We've got, we've got all the teams down in the mix apart from Palace. Yeah, we've so I mean, so they're not going to be easy games, but the games that you'd you know, yeah. And we really have to go again against Palace at the weekend. Yeah. So to finish off with your part, mate, um, do you want to give us your um, man of the match and your performance rating before we get on to Chris? So performance rating for the game yesterday. I've been thinking about it today. I was going to go four, and I'm still thinking about going with a four. A four? Um, possibly a five. It was... I think you're going to be. Uh, you not? You can go four point five if you mm. wanted to. I'll probably go four point five then. <laughs> four point five. Okay, yeah. so it's a four point five. And your Wolves man of the match. I'm going to have to give it Fabio because I just think although he didn't, we obviously didn't score. Didn't he got his chances? But I, I just thought his effort was there compared to some of the other players. Yeah, it had to be Fabio for me. So if Fabio's the pundits nomination out of a bad bunch. Fantastic. Yeah. Everyone, make sure you got Fabio, because don't forget we did the People's Man of the Match at the end of the show. 
Uh, mate, thank you very much for coming on. I'll take no, it you'll be at Palace. Yeah, yeah, be down no at Palace. For that. So let's hope we can get back on track, um, get re-energised. Um, we've got a whole week and hopefully we can go again next uh, next weekend. Thanks for coming on, mate. Appreciate yeah. it, Josh. Cheers, Dave. Thank you very much. Cheers. So that's Josh, um, who basically um, has given a 4.5 and his man of the match was Fabio Silva. Now, next we have a, a proper gentleman that's coming on. This is Chris. Hello, Chris. Good evening, David. It seems like only yesterday I saw you. Yes, because it was only yesterday. Would you do me a little favour, Chris, and just lean forward into the mic a bit so we can hear you better? Right. That's it. Fantastic. Uh, Chris, Arsenal and West Ham, sum up your feelings after the two games. Well, as you know from yesterday, very disappointed. I thought West Ham were very poor and they were there for the taking and um, especially the second half. Um, we just didn't create anything. And as um, Josh just said, Fabio ran his heart out again. And I feel really sorry for that kid. He's trying so hard. He had three great attempts. And unfortunately, Kurt Zuma probably had one of his best games I've ever seen him have. He, well, he, he was, he, 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 I think because he had his long hair, he thought he was a cat and he was having, taking close attention to him. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got Suchek and Lanzini, and I didn't even know they were on the pitch. I mean, did Lanzini actually touch the ball? We did, well, he, well, I don't know. I, you know, and, and we've lost 1 0 to a team. Antonio uh, Kilman had him in his pocket, didn't he? Uh, Kilman, had a, uh, Kilman had a decent game. I don't think he had one of his best games because he did lose possession a little bit. A little bit. Um, we've got Adrian, Rest Adrian Richards says, Evening, Chris, get the chocolate biscuits out. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, um, and, uh, but yeah, he, he, he was probably one of our better players, to be fair. I think Southgate was in the, uh, the thing. Obviously, with Max being. Uh, one of his parents being Ukrainian as well. You can't question how he was dealing with uh, everything that's going on. In the circumstances, I think he had a magnificent game. You you get the same from him every week. He's just solid, isn't he? And he's touch on the ball and he's passing. You know, no one ever takes it off him, do they? He's, he's just brilliant. Um, you think he's lost that. He doesn't lose it. Carl Whitehouse says Lanzini only had six touches in the entire game. Yeah, I can believe it, and I, I didn't see any of those, so I must have missed them all. But I was <laughs> on row 63. I know, mate, I know. Really and, uh, I must admit, it was a, it was a real pleasure, again, uh, going down with you at the weekend, and we had a good we had a good banter. We, it was, yeah, the weather good. was decent. It was yeah, really I'm good. Really and again, oh. thank, thank you very much to Lisa for all the food. Yeah, it's a, a pleasure, mate. I mean, four nails. Was he playing left back or left wing? Because he was virtually left back as Hoover was pushing so far up the pitch, but there was no end result from him, was there? No, I mean that, that that's the disappointment. I, I mean, I thought we were very pedestrian and very passive, and we weren't snappy. We we didn't close down well enough. We, we were lacklustre. We lacked energy. Um, I know there was. Four changes. You, you you're taking Pedent out the team. You're taking Raul out the team. You know Matinho uh, out the team. You know we lost Samedo through injury. Um, He's been lost, Agnari yeah. probably was 
cream crackered from Thursday night. So he made the changes and you would hope that the players that came in would have that hunger and energy. And we just seemed so disjointed because of all the changes. And we never really got going until we brought Pedence on and then Neto and then Raul later on, just after the... Uh, just after we conceded that goal. And then we started to look like a team. I mean, we had so much of that ball in the first 15 minutes of the game. And Wang, I think every time he got the ball, he ran two paces forward and then about five back every time. You know, why can't we just commit people in, in the first 10 minutes of a game like that? It was like he was frightened to take anybody on and lose the ball. Are they well, playing? He, he, yeah, yeah, I mean, that was my criticism of Hoover. Whereas you've got eight Norrie and Semedo, they're very attacking wing-backs. You saw eight Norrie against Arsenal in midweek. He took two players on, got the ball in, cut the ball back to Neto, who didn't catch it very well, but it would have gone in if it hadn't have deflected wide. Yeah, absolutely. one one And <clears throat> Hoover did... I only saw Hoover do that once. Um, and, and so, But then he hasn't played for a while, you no. know. And he's still young as well, you know. He's learning he's the game. Young, he's a young, he's a young lad. Marcel on the other side, you know, probably did a little bit better, a bit more experience. But he, we we didn't really. I don't felt. I didn't feel like we hurt West Ham. I don't think we we really put a proper glove on them. Whereas they definitely put a glove on us. I mean, we got away with it a little bit early doors. We had that one that hit the post. Uh, the goal. I mean, Soyis went walkabout. He basically was drawn to a man, lost his man and left the space and he was stretched out his legs and he in. If Saez had held his ground, it would have cleared. Yeah. And we don't make many mistakes, but that was a mistake that for the goal, wasn't it? I'm going to have to say Declan Rice is a class footballer, isn't oh, he? Oh, he is a class. Declan Rice is. He's Will going... he be at West Ham next year, though? We'll ask Theo in a bit when he comes on from Hammers Chat. I'm sure he can throw some lice onto that for us in a bit. Yeah, I reckon he wants to go to Chelsea. He's been a boyhood Chelsea fan, hasn't he? He was there as a lad. So, is he a boyhood Chelsea fan, is he, Declan Rice? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, right, interesting. There is a lot of rumours going around about that. Um, he was there from about seven or eight years old with Mason Mount, wasn't he? They're good friends, aren't they? So I would say he's definitely not playing for West Ham next season, but... Uh, so, what do you take out of the? Uh, what positives do you take out of the Arsenal and the West Ham games, Chris? Um, positives from the West Ham game, I would say, is Fabio Silva's effort. Yeah, when he starts scoring goals, and one day he will score a lot of goals. It might not be for Wolves. Is he going to get the chances to do it? But I can't fault his attitude. He's on the bench every week. He comes out. He really wants to play. Yeah, he wants to be, doesn't he? Oh, absolutely, mate. I mean, I, I feel, I feel what you're saying there. And what other positives can you take? Oh, um, I was struggling to even name a man of the match yesterday after the game, wasn't I? Well, mate, we were all really we are all struggling actually, weren't we? Uh, you know, it's a shame. I mean, we had the same at Norwich. We had it at Crystal Palace. We just get these games come along every now and again and we just show no endeavour to score a goal, do we? Well, we have failed to score on 12 occasions now this uh, year, this year uh, out of, uh, I'm not sure how many games we've played, but how many games have we played now? 27, is it? It's more than that, isn't it, I think. 
don't know. Oh, don't know. How many games have we played? Someone will tell. I should know that, shouldn't I? Um, I mean, so it's a tough place to go and play in front of 60,000 people, 57,000. It didn't feel like 60,000 people, though, did it, Chris? No. You I know, don't think that's the West Ham fans' lack of trying no, uh, necessarily. Are, I mean, I mean are, you know, they've got some fantastic support there for a change, haven't they, the other night? Yeah, it's just very hard, I think, for them to make any real noise. It just feels a bit soulless, that stadium. Yeah, as much yeah. as it's a fantastic stadium and the facilities are great. Uh, Carl says 26 games played. So we've failed to score 12 occasions, nearly half out of our 26 games. And we're eighth in the table. If we'd have managed to put a couple of goals in on any of the other ones, just think where we would have been. But uh, that's football, isn't it, Chris? We were um, talking. About Trinkau, weren't we yesterday, Dave? Yeah, and I know Paul, my son, you know, obviously he was there as well. And he doesn't think he's ever going to hack it at Wolves, does he? You know, he's he's got 20, he's had 20, 20 games. Yeah. And he's yet to have an assist. I know, it's no. not good enough, is it really? Yeah, from Barcelona. You know, well, can... it's an option to buy. And at this point in time, I certainly wouldn't be spending 20 odd million and making him permanent when I think we could have go into the market and look at better options and spend yeah. the money better. I think he's um, a good footballer, but I don't know whether he'll do it in the Premier League. No, absolutely. So, mate, obviously we go again at Crystal Palace. Uh, who are you going to go for now? You've had time to think about it for your man of the match. What, West Ham? Yeah. I think Pedence again. You know, stick with Pedence for his 30 minutes, well, 25 minutes. But he comes on and suddenly things open up. He, he changes direction and suddenly there's three passes on. You know, no one else seems to do that. And um, I, would have, I, I personally would have liked to have seen him started with Pedence and then yeah. brought well, him off. Please. I know he played Thursday night, but he just gives us something. Um, and... He's just so unpredictable. He's hard to read. He creates things. And when he came on, we we looked a lot better straight away. But we're 1-0 down. And we're not really good at chasing games. We're good at defending leads, but we're not good at chasing leads, are we? You know, I think if we'd have gone turning up at Arsenal, we'd have definitely won that match. Well, we had the chances and we didn't. But no points. I mean, uh, is Europe gone, Chris? No, not, not at all. You know, we've still got what? 12 games left, is it? Or is it more than that? 12 games left, yeah. You know, that's that's 36 points. Because there's a few Wolves fans walking out saying, said to me, Europe's gone, Dave. And I was like, nah, it's not gone. It's no, a it's, setback. You win it's two gone. games, back in it again, aren't you? Because, you know, all the other team's going to win two games on the trot. Who's West Ham's next game? I'd like to see what they're going to do in their next game, because I wasn't very impressed at all. Well, um, we'll ask Gio when he comes on in a minute. He'll probably be able to give us... I, I mean, I, I w wasn't that actually impressed with West Ham yesterday, personally. Um, and Gio <laughs> might come on and give a give a view. I thought they got the job done. I thought they got some good players. They, 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 But they don't seem as fluid as they did early on the season. But they got... All that matters that they got the points. But like you say, are they going to go and string three, two, three, four... Uh, wins together. Wolves are capable of doing that. You know, Man United, I don't think, are capable of doing that at the moment. Tottenham, I'm not so sure. Arsenal seem to be on a run, but they're gonna they've got they've got a tough run. So, you know, 
the next four games, not four fixtures, when you get to sort of eight games out to see where we are then, Wolves have got a, a, a favourable on paper run of fixtures. It'd be interesting to see how many points we get out of that and then see what happens. But I think it's one I think it's anywhere from three to eight. Any one of those can finish in any one of those positions, can't they? Dave, can I can I just bring up one one question about Arsenal, West Ham, Tottenham? Yeah. Wolves. Who's got the best defence? I think we have, haven't we, at the moment? We're, you build you build success on a strong defence, don't you? Yeah. You know, the Liverpools, Man United's years ago, they had a great defence, didn't they? But we've got to start putting the ball in the back of the net more. Yeah. We no, need we... to we, we need to absolutely whip someone. It's about time we whip someone. Three, four or five. We need to do that. We've Hopefully got... it'll happen. One of these days we'll have five shots and they'll all go in. We've got a fantastic building block here, this defence. But somehow we just need to be a bit more expansive further up the pitch. Well, Roger Tomlinson said it's Liverpool versus West Ham, he thinks, next. Well, interesting. That's um, no... Yeah, West Ham go to Anfield. So that's no, going to be interesting. No. We're at home to Palace. So if, if you don't, you never know what's going to happen in football. It's like Tottenham went and beat City. You wouldn't put it past West Ham going there and getting a result. Would you? It's just, uh, just how it is. Chris, finally to finish your performance rating. Five. You're sticking with your five. Brilliant, mate. Thanks for coming on, pal. It's been my pleasure. Lovely to see you, Dave, and see you again very soon. Yeah, looking forward to it. Cheers, pal. All the best. That's Chris. And next up, I've got a special guest because we've got... We've got Gio from Hammers Chat. Hello, mate. Thanks for coming. You, you promised to come on, win, lose, or draw, uh, and you've got the win. 1-0. Yeah, I'm a happy hammer. Yesterday, I'm still a happy hammer tonight, Dave. Um, I was expecting to come on having got beat, you know, as I spoke to you during the week. I, I feared the worst yesterday, actually. So I, I always think that when you win games, you perhaps didn't expect to win. You enjoy it that little bit more because there's a surprise element as well as a victory element. So, um, yeah, very happy hammer. And you've got someone here saying Team Geo. Nice. <laughs> Quality. What did you make of the uh, make of the game, mate? Uh, I, I mean, in terms of the pattern of the game, it was a beautiful day. And what did you make of Wolves from a from a West Ham? What did um, were they not what you expected? Well, um, when I saw the lineups, I saw West Ham's lineup first naturally, and I was a bit like, "Oh no, we're doing the same thing again." I thought it was what I expected from David Moyes. I thought the lineup was what I expected from David Moyes, and in the last few weeks, we've been a bit poor uh, playing that formation in that way but he tweaked it um, but obviously you don't know that when the team sheet comes out you've got 11 yeah. players you've got to try and make up what the formation is so it seemed quite obvious then I saw the Wolves 11 and I, I got a bit optimistic then Dave because I thought hang on bow. I thought what is Bruno doing here this helps us um, I wasn't scared when I saw the Wolves team I, I, the fear factor disappeared a little bit and I think if the fear factor from Wolves disappeared a bit from me as a fan, I'd imagine it would have disappeared a little bit from West Ham as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Moyes got the Wolves team sheet and thought, what are they doing? What's what's going on? Where's the players I've been worried about all week? Brilliant. Happy days. Now we can move five, ten yards up the pitch compared to what we were perhaps going to do pre-match. Um, I think, I thought we were brilliant yesterday. I've been listening to yourself and your guests and stuff. And you're obviously coming from a, from a Wolves perspective. But from a West Ham standpoint, I thought, we played well. I thought we deserved the win. Yeah. I, thought we, I thought we were unfortunate not to go in at half time ahead. I thought yeah. that across to Bowen 
not quite. Antonio put made Jose Sami a really good save. I thought we played well. And then Moyes tweaked the formation a little bit, sort of out of in possession, sorry. Fernandes would almost become a left winger, it would be back to the 4 2 3 1. But out of possession, we were very much, Fernandes was becoming a left wing back, and we were almost matching you up man for man, formation wise. Um, and I thought the one player that I was relieved was on the pitch for Wolves was Hoover because I just thought he didn't get forward at all. Whenever you gave him the ball, he just stayed still. He's passing sideways. And obviously when you normally have Semedo there who does bomb forward and cause you problems. And I thought actually it played into our hands completely. That one player I think was the biggest reason that we played so well against you actually playing Hoover at right wing back. I actually think Moyes might have been preparing for Semedo having, I know he went off injured against Arsenal, so there was a bit of a doubt anyway. But even Johnny would have been a better option than Hoover in that right wing-back role, just bringing an attacking outlet to Wolves. Because I felt like the way that we had Fanals lined up from a defensive standpoint, it was almost like we were sacrificing him a little bit because of the attack from your right-hand side. And it didn't come at all. I thought Hoover, just no. whenever he got the ball, he turned around and passed it back. I thought, brilliant, you're playing into our hands. And I honestly thought we played really well, Dave. I was very, very yeah, happy with what I saw. You us down. I, was, I think I was expecting more, really, because obviously where West Ham were. But as I said, I don't know if you watched my reaction after the game or you've watched the match vlog from my point of view. I've, I've said that West Ham definitely deserved it. I mean, the stats are fun, funny in this game because the stats were 60% possession to Wolves, 40% to West Ham. And the stats say that we had 14 shots to your 13. So when you look at the stats, you think, well, that's a that's a that's an even game that Wolves probably shaded, but it, it didn't feel like that at all. It felt definitely like it was more like a 70-30 game in West Ham's favour. You were the dominant side throughout. Um, we, 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 we I wish we'd have played three across the middle, as uh, Josh has, I think he would have played three across the middle from the start, but we didn't. And we never got a foothold into the game. And you, we got away with it in the first half. That shot from, was it Declan Rice hit the post? Yeah. You got a couple of close calls. We had a chance right at the end of the first half. And we did better. It started better in the second half. And then you got that goal. And then we really struggled to really create a clear chance. And West Ham defended really, really well. I saw the game out well. Yeah, I think I think Kurt Zuma was man of match, which I guess indicates the sway of the game and that we had to defend. You know, that tackle from him on Fabio Silva was world class. You know, this is a player under immense pressure. Let's not let's not beat about the bush here. Zuma's under immense pressure the last few weeks and stuff. Um, he's really stepped up to the plate since the incident in the bad press and the correct bad press. But I thought he was a monster against yesterday. Anytime you come forward, there was battles. There was at times there was a Wolves player backing into him. And he was favourite to, to, to shield the ball and stuff. But Zuma somehow just nicked it off him. I thought, wow, that is one of the best performances. Probably one of my favourite performances this season from an individual player for West Ham, Kurt Zuma, against you guys yesterday. I thought he was dominant from start to finish. And when you've got a centre-back like that, you've got a chance, don't you? It becomes difficult. Um I think you're like I said when your lineup come out, I thought it was wrong. And when you say play three across the middle, you perhaps perhaps you should have done. But I think you either need to play three across the middle and dominate the midfield like you do some games, or you need to possess an, a a real threat in the attack. And I don't think you didn't either. So we didn't have to worry about your midfield, but we also didn't really have to worry about your attack very much either. Um, 
there wasn't much. I was almost if, if I was to remove my West Ham side of it, I was I would have been disappointed by Wolves yesterday. We didn't have much game plan. There wasn't much there that made me think, oh, the Bruno Lage got a trick up his sleeve. You know, he's worked West Ham out or something. There was none of that. It was quite the opposite, actually. I thought David Moyes had Bruno Lage's number from start to finish for the game. Um, and I thought individually, the individual battles across the pitch, I think our players won the majority of them. You know, Fabianski, I, I only recall him making one save, and that was from a Neves 20-yard shot. And it was a decent strike. but Yeah, but straight at him. Uh, I thought Fabianski had a comfortable enough game for a goalkeeper, which you boys should be disappointed in. But Mate, I think you up. The word disappointed is exactly, I think, how most Wolves fans felt about that game. Disappointed with the lineup. Maybe understand it to a point because we played on Thursday night and obviously he's looking at energy levels and stuff like that. And it was a big opportunity for the players to come in and they never really took it, but they haven't had much game time and it showed. Uh, disappointed from the lack of energy, the lack of fire that we seem to have. We seem, I, th- I felt that we seemed very uh, passive in the game, passing side to side, looking. We didn't really zip the ball about too much until until later on in the game when we were chasing the game. It's like when you scored, it was almost like, oh, right, we need to sort of have a go now. And then we sort of, I think, fair to say, the last 20 minutes, you you were probably thinking, "Mm, can we see this out? Because Wolves were definitely getting into the ascendancy for that last 20 minutes. But it was way too late. I think Chris said we had our first shot on target, something like the 86 minutes, something daft. Yeah, I, I, but the, the problem is that when the more you threw on the attackers, when Bruno Lage just threw on all three attackers, it felt quite one after the other. I actually thought this opens up the game for us, though, from a, a counter-attacking perspective. Yeah. We switched to four at the back. I thought, hello, if Antonio can get a run and run at corner Cody here, we've got a chance or something. Yeah. Unfortunately, Antonio was knackered with 10 minutes to go. Um, <laughs> so we couldn't really utilise it. The only one criticism I've got on Moyes yesterday, you should have had Antonio off as soon as you look tired, get him off, get fresh legs on up there so we could carry a threat. But whenever we needed an out ball, we didn't really have one because Antonio had given his all. He was knackered at this point. Your defenders were starting to get the better of him. And every time we got the ball and got rid of it, it came straight back at us. But I thought the defence played superbly. Tactically, they were very good. They were in their line. Ben Johnson had had a tough gig up against Neto when he came on. And I was surprised that Neto came on over to the left. But I think it was quite evident what your game plan was then, that is get out to him and get it in the box and see what happens. Yeah, but I thought yeah. it was a bit naive because I thought until Neto was on the pitch, he'd had put some crosses in, but Fabianski was catching everything. He was dominating he was. that and anything he wasn't catching, Dawson and Zuma were heading it. And I just thought, well, you've just watched us, your manager this is for, I don't know, the best part of 70 minutes winning everything in the air. Your game plan for the next 20 minutes is to cross it. I thought it was a bit silly, if anything, and it played into our hands. We... As West Ham fans, when teams just cross the ball against us, we're okay with that because we're like, you're not going to beat Dawson and Zuma in the air. It'll take a very, very talented striker to beat them in a 50-50 in the air. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. Um, so I felt quite comfortable, actually, for the last 10 minutes of the game with that because I thought you didn't really test us. I thought Neves was quite, wasn't really creating anything. I thought... Raul Jimenez, for whatever reason, come on and try to back heel. I thought, this guy doesn't even want it today. Mate, I'll tell um, you, what, I was screaming at that because I love Raul and he played the back heel and he just needed to pivot and shoot. 
he could have pivoted and got a shot away and he back he backheeled it, which is I don't know whether he's he's just not caught. I don't know what it is, but I was literally screaming at that point, going, shoot. But he did the back heel and it broke it broke in the attack broke down. If he comes off, it's genius, but he he should have he had the space to turn and pivot on that and shoot. And we've seen him do that. So I don't know why he didn't do it, but it it passes by. I thought Fabio Silva was our best outlet in terms of shots. Um, you know, he tried to get a few shots away. But as you say, your defenders did block a lot of those shots really, really well. Uh, to finish off with, um, Gio, where do you think both Wolves and West Ham will end up finishing come the end of the season? I think yesterday's win for us... Um probably cemented a top eight finish, I think. I don't think we'll finish lower than eighth now. I think eighth is as bad as it's going to get for West Ham. If you told me at the start of the season, you'll be in the last 16 of the Europa League, you'll be in the fifth round of the FA Cup, and you'll be guaranteed top eight football with, with 12 games to go. I'd have bit your hand off of it. Um, so we're in a really good position. The problem is, between now and then the season, we will drop points. We play Liverpool. We've got an FA Cup game on Wednesday night against Southampton away. Not, not an easy game. Then we're away to Liverpool at Anfield in the league. And then we've got Sevilla away um, on Thursday night, followed by Villa at home, followed by Sevilla at home. We've got seven games in 22 days. It's going to take its toll on us. We will drop points. But I'm OK with that, Dave, because I felt yesterday, going into yesterday's game, I felt Wolves, Southampton and Liverpool, I thought Moyes has got three games to find something because we hadn't been playing that great recently. Again, we dropped points against Newcastle, against Leicester. It doesn't sound like that in the world. When you look at the league table, you think, what's West Ham fans more than that here? You're getting a point. What's the issue? But we weren't playing that good. There was a lot of individual players not playing well. Suchek, funny enough, the two players that combined to score against you were the two in particular from the fan base and myself. I thought, these guys are not up to it at the minute. They need to rest or something, but we can't rest them. So I felt yesterday was match day one of three, where Moyes has to find something so we can go to Sevilla and have a go in the Europa League. We've got Sevilla over what, two mate, ties. Sevilla are a good side. They, uh, they, they knocked us out in the Europa League. They, they're Europa League specialists, Sevilla is. So if you're going to put your, your money on on a position to finish, if I was to say to you now, pick a, pick a, a, a finish three to eight for Wolves and for West Ham, just go give us your gut feeling. West Ham seventh, yeah. Wolves fifth, fifth. I do. I, yeah, <laughs> honestly, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm. You asked for my gut feeling. Listen, you might have lost. I a think what, you're winning loads of supporters over here for saying that. Wait, no, you know this is my honest opinion because we I spoke know, a lot of camera, right? I, I admire a lot about Wolves. I think yes, Bruno Lage got it wrong yesterday. Had we played your first team from the start, it would have been a completely different game. Had you not played Arsenal on Thursday, yesterday would have been a completely different game. He, I think Bruno Lage bottled it a little bit and he got yeah. it massively wrong. It's fine. You write off, you go again next week. Palace followed by Watford. There's two winnable fixtures for you. In the meantime, we play Liverpool and Villa. Yeah. Spurs are a shambles, right? They are a mess. You've lost two games. One just unfortunate against Arsenal. Another one because your manager got it wrong. Spurs are getting it wrong pretty much every game. Yes, they just thumped Leeds. Who hasn't? Everyone's thumping Leeds at the minute. It almost doesn't count. Man United are still a bit of a circus. You know, they just struggled at home to Watford. 
talked about struggled away to Burnley recently. These are teams down at the bottom of the table. Um, I think Arsenal's. I think Arsenal will be the team that probably goes and in, in, gets fourth in the in the league. But then it becomes it's the rest of us, isn't it? It's that other four fighting for those European places below that. And I think you'll be the best of the, the four, to be honest. And I think we'll finish above one of Tottenham and Man United. It'd be amazing if we did finish fifth. I, you know, that would be... And it, and it's still... I think I, I, I think West Ham will finish in a, Euro league, in a European place. I think you'll end up finishing seventh to sixth, personally. Um, but, you know, if the Wolves finish fifth... I'll be over the moon. But it's so much to play for. Mate, thank you so much for keeping your word and coming on. Um, no if you want to find out more about uh, Geo's, your channel's uh, Hammers Chat, uh, all things West Ham, cracking little channel. I was delighted to be on there for your uh, party preview. And uh, hopefully we can uh, return the favour again uh, next season. Hopefully, because of we'll course, we will. The Premier League. Fantastic. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Top guy, top man. So that was um, so that was Geo from Hammershap giving him his thought. Uh, we've got Thomas, then Steve. Thomas, come on live now for us for a second. But before we get any further, I just want to talk about the opportunity to win this fantastic prize from Football Prizes, um, the Pedro Neto signed uh, shirt, authenticated and framed. Uh, up to 99 maximum entries, even if there's only, you know, five entries. The draw still takes place on Thursday at 12.30. Uh, you get yourself in the draw and it includes delivery as well. Uh, the link is in the description below, but I will put it, if I can, uh, copy it from, the, um, from, from here. I will copy it and post it into the chat for you as well. Go and check that out. And get yourself if you love Pedro Neto, it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant opportunity to win that over on football prizes. That brings us back to young Thomas. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Absolutely delighted to have you back again. Um, mate, um, did you go or was you watching it on the telly? I watched it on the telly. Uh and it was frustrating. It was I think we it. I saw the lineup and I knew it just wasn't going to happen as well as we wanted it to happen. Um, I think that the right side was the issue. Unfortunately, uh, I had a lot of promise for Trinkau when he came in. Uh, I think a lot of us did, and I think yesterday he really disappointed. And if we if we end up doing a swap deal for him and Adama. I think that's a waste because I've, I'm sure Trincao can have a good future. He's got all the quality he needs, maybe a bit more strength. But if we swap him for Adama, I'd rather have thirty million to spend in maybe a striker because that's where we've struggled. And I think the I think the clear difference yesterday as well was seeing how much we miss Samedo because he goes forward and defends so well. Don't you think that's um? It's quite irony. I mean, I'm coming back to your points I'll, and kicking a second. First of all, before we get on to that, uh, Jazza, there's no, absolutely you can enter it even as a West Ham fan. It's a nice prize, isn't it? Um, Thomas, I agree with you on uh, Trinkau because the jury is very much out for me. The cost of him, you know, I'd, in a, in a lot in a way, I'd rather have like you say the 29 million 
and they can go and invest that because I can't see how we can currently afford the 25 million or however much it is to bring him in permanently. I just don't think he's, he's the values there at the moment. Um, definitely agree. What was your other thing that you said just after that? About how much we miss Samedo. Samedo, yeah, absolutely. Now, the irony is Samedo was getting so much stick last year and this year he really, really has nailed down that place. He's defending, he's going forward, he's, he's, he seemed to have learnt so much. Bruno Large has worked on him and he's been such an influence and we really did miss him, really have missed him. And maybe that'll be the same for Trincao, maybe he'll come better second season you know, you come from another country. He came from Barcelona as well, didn't he, uh, Samedo? Yeah. And I completely agree. Do we know how long he's going to be out? Uh, I don't think anyone knows at the moment. Um, but it's it's disappointing to see him go out. Cause like you said, he's having a great season. He got so much criticism last season, which I I, I when he came in, I was excited. The thought of this guy who has made a couple of mistakes, a few mistakes at Barcelona, but to have you know, a guy who's played consistently at Barcelona come in. Uh, yes, he wasn't the best last season, but this season he's shown that he is a very good defender and attacker. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Samedo. He's one, he's one, I mean, I always thought last year he was some of his... Going forward, it was more like his positional play and his reaction at the back. This season he seems to have nailed it down, but he was coming into Nuno's team. Um, he was learning a new system. And obviously, Barcelona spend most of their time attacking anyway in the Spanish league. So you have to defend more over. And he's been a key part, and we've missed him. And I thought we missed eight Norrie yesterday as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'm not sure whether he picked up a knock or he was just cream crackered because he, you know, wing backs go up and down, up and down, up and down, and they probably expend the most energy out of all of the team. And that's why he switched. But the, the ones that came in, Hoover and Marcel, didn't really create much uh, going right. forward. You know, what positives can you take out of the two games, Thomas? Out of the two games, uh, I think Neto, when he came on yesterday, I thought he was possibly our best player. He's my man of the match, really, because he came on and he provides so much excitement. He drops deep and he carries the ball forward. And we've missed that from losing Adama and having him out. Um uh, there's just not much. I think what I've learned is that I think when Bolly gets fully fit, I'd like to see him have the chance instead of Sice. I think Sice on a number of occasions has been absolutely class for us. But yeah. against Arsenal, he wasn't goal side for both of the goals. Well, you should say that because Carl Whitehouse has just said the same in the chat. Would yeah. anyone agree that Bolly should play the next game? And then with West Ham, uh, with West Ham, he should have been goal side again. And I mean, he works hard and he is excellent for the team on so many occasions. You know, he's a threat in the box when it comes to corners. Um, but I think Bolly, you know, we've not seen him this year and he's excellent. But another guy we've not seen, Chiquinho, he's got an assist so far in the under-23s match and he looks exciting and I'd like to see a bit more of him. That's because, still 4-3, the uh, uh, under-23. 4-3. Uh, the last time I saw it was 4-2, so I'm not sure. But... Uh, they put out a very strong 11, Mosquera scored. And um, Mosquera as well, you know, we've got these players that we're still waiting to see for the first team. So it's, it's an exciting time. But when it comes to positives from the two games, it was 
good. I thought um, Huang, you know, his work rate's very good. Fabio's work rate is undeniable. Just the end product really needs to improve. He he likes getting shots off, which we didn't really have against West Ham. Um, and yeah, but the problem with not getting the shots off was we were crossing the ball in a lot. And um, Bruno spoke about it after the match. He said Fabianski is one of the best uh, cross collectors. And I was thinking, why are we crossing the ball into Fabio? The best cross yeah, against Zuma, Dawson, Johnson, these massive defenders, Suchek, Rice. It, crossing shouldn't have been the way we should have approached the game. And we approached the Arsenal game the wrong way as well. We shouldn't have sat off. It was like watching England against Italy, that heartbreak. Because yeah. we scored the first goal and then we sat back. We were inviting pressure. And as good as we are at defending, if a team comes at you for 80 minutes, the chances are they're going to score. And um, it's it's it was... Uh, Arsenal was a really hard one to take because we'd worked hard to get a point yeah. and to see, you know, their fans celebrating. And it, it I mean, they deserve to celebrate because they've had a great season. But it just shows how, you know, hard we are to beat. If they're celebrating immensely, you know, we are fighting to be one of the top teams. But the the most worrying thing for me was... I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think I didn't think the West Ham game was a great performance. I don't think it was a good performance. No, I, I mean, I, I didn't think it was a good performance. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, have you watched? Did you watch my the reaction after the game from from us? Not yet, but a reaction I did. I gave see. it a five, Thomas. Yeah, I, I make sure you watch those reactions, will, though, Thomas. I will. To, to, to... I will. But the the most worrying reaction I saw, and I don't think you'll agree with this, was Bruno when he said. I think it was a good performance. They did everything I asked for. I was like, if that's a good performance, where have the standards gone? Because it was so slow going forward. It was either backwards, sideways, and then Hover running forward, and then he'd just stop. He'd, he'd try and beat the man, but he can't get past Johnson or or Cresswell. Or he'd sort of stop, turn back. At points, Kilman was in front of Dendonka and Neves. And it's really worrying, but... It's good to hear that you've put a five as match reaction because it just was not good enough. Well, what, yeah, I mean, I, I gave it a five. My gut feeling after the game, I think we all did. Yeah, we had a. It was quite a good. It was. It was. It was. I think to to, to be honest, uh, Thomas. Sometimes, like you, you come across as a a real breath of fresh air. You're a young lad. You understand the game, and you talk really honestly and very articulately. And I think your points that you make are brilliant. To to be fair, mate. So, what's your man of the match and your performance rating? Man of the match is going to be Neto. He changed the game when he came on, and yeah. he just added that excitement. A couple of teammates let him down. Fabio had a poor cross, but he against Arsenal as well. He had that shot off that should have been a corner, but he added excitement. And then the rating's got to be four against West Ham. We were slow going forward. Um, the defending was okay. It was it was good, apart from the goal and a couple of other chances set piece wise. And just going forward was abysmal. I because I mean Bruno, I think he's excellent. Started Huang, which I wasn't against because he's been, you know, he scored against Arsenal. He provides that constant pressure. Fabio, I didn't mind. But when you start Fabio and Trincao, who have both scored zero goals in this season so far, you've not got a guaranteed threat with Raul, Pedence, Neto, Huang. You all know it's going to be threat. But Silva, I agree uh, with what the other pundits have said. 
he needs someone next to him. But yeah, it wasn't good enough. But Palace, I'm hoping we can get a good result, get back on track. Well, let's hope, mate. Absolutely brilliant as always. Some brilliant points as uh, David Mole says here. Well done, Thomas. Very, very eloquent. And uh, Trudy Price is also saying that. Very well said, Thomas. Thank you so much. I love having you on. It's great to have uh, the youngsters' view on it as well. And say so you always see the game. I mean, you play a little bit yourself as well. And you always say it really, really well and honestly. Thanks very much, Thomas. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, mate. Hopefully you come back on again. Yeah, definitely. Nice one. So that's Thomas. We've just got two more to go. That's Steve and Jack, who's joined us. Steve. Um, Hi. How are you doing? Good. To, we haven't had you for a while, but it's so, so good. Because, like, mate, you're so busy What with your group and the, the owlers. And you, every time I ask you, you're normally, like, gigging. gigging. Yeah. That's what's going on, mate, normally. Yeah, I know. I so, I'm games, unfortunately, as well. Liam was on the telly. He was, yeah. Yeah, he's on, Star, he's on Starstruck when he was uh, Rug and Bone Man. Uh, so uh, he, kept, he kept it really quiet for everybody, I suppose. And uh, uh, <laughs> even you know about uh, it? Uh, I knew, uh, yeah, I did. I did know about it, but he was very coy about it, kind of thing. He wasn't saying very much. Um, and even yesterday, when we were on the coach on the way down there, he's like, Steve, do not say to anybody about that today, so he wasn't even going to watch the TV program. He wanted to be at the Wolves game instead, you know. So, um, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, is that like I've not seen Starstruck? Uh, explain to us what it what it's about because uh, it reminds me of like what is it that you say? Hey, what's your name tonight? I'm going to be, and then they stars in your eyes type of thing. Is it that type of thing? Kind of thing, but they do dress up as a as a character, but they have like three of the same person. Uh, for example, there's like three Tinner Turners or there's three Rag and Bowmans and like one one group wins. I think it was Celine Dion as well uh, on Saturday. But I think the uh, Tinner Turners won and everyone was going crackers that uh, Liam should have won it, really, because he was the best one out of the Rag and Bowman as well. So they should have won the whole thing, really. But not to be. No, not well, it's, good, it's a good experience. So on to the game. I mean, Arsenal and West Ham, how did you watch? I went to the West Ham game. Um uh, Arsenal watched it on telly. Um, yeah, just just uh, disappointing, really. I mean, the Arsenal game, it was it was a good start, obviously, wasn't it? You know, uh, but it's just showing that kind of killer killer instinct, I suppose, that we need to have if we're going to start competing with these big boys. Um, uh, West Ham was just a complete disappointment, wasn't it? I think we all said everyone's been saying what I was going to say, really, about the team sheet and everything. And uh, it was if I was a West Ham fan or a West Ham manager. Uh, I'll, I'll be looking at team shit going, oh, we've got a good chance here. You're absolutely right. We offered nothing really going forward. Um, yeah, the sideways passing was frustrating. Um, I thought Hoover didn't have a good game. I felt sorry I felt sorry for a few players because, you know, um, it was uh, the tactics didn't really work either uh, as far as we were concerned. But um, a lot of people, a lot of uh, players have poor games. Just that bit going forward. Silver played well. I was quite impressed with Silver. Yeah, I, Again, mean, but... I, I mean, I must admit, I, I don't think you can fault Silver for effort. He was making the runs. He was trying to get shots away. He, he never gave up all the way through. Yeah. Um, you know, he was putting it about. He, he, 100% effort. He just needs that goal. And they, they defended. He got a couple of shots away, blocked. One went just over and just wide. Um, but I, I think the, the the two wing backs we missed Tomato and Ait Nori because they're such attacking wing backs, and I don't think Hoover and 
Marcel are quite there, are they with the same? Quite sort of... Yeah. So Marcel is he thirty three now? I mean, it's just lacking that bit of pace, I suppose. Got taking a few players on, sort of needed, didn't we? Really, but um, I did think we were relying on them too much as well. We were relying on them to do something rather than pass it through the middle, which was crying out for at the West Ham game, just because I know Juan got a few good runs he was making and he wasn't getting the pass it was too late and we're just relying on these crosses to come in and West Ham dealt with all everything that was that's dealt what, to him really that's what the West Ham fan that was on Geo said and what Thomas was said he was just like crosses and they were just like dealing with it all day long it was like yeah. we kept doing that and yeah. um it was, and we did try to play a couple of one twos on the edge of the box to come through. They didn't quite come off, did they? We never the had a clear chance the whole yeah. game, did we? Really? No. Uh, you're, I mean, well, that... you, say, you say that we did have one really clear chance at the end of the first half that fell to Wang. Was it to Wang that he was yeah. on the edge of the box and then he just hit it wide? You know, he tried to pass it mm. in and he passed it about two foot past the post. It was a, that was probably our best opportunity. I thought it was. Yeah, it was. But we had, uh, we had chances on the edge of the box. You What you said before was right. That little one-two outside the box. Little turn, One of the players just had a little go and turned and shot. We could have scored. No problem at all. Well, I think I was, was guilty of that late in the, in the, uh, in the second yeah. half when he did the back heel. I thought he had the time and space to pivot and, and get a shot away and he played the back heel. And that, I think he was pivoted on the spot. A little bit like... A times, Dave, didn't he? A little a bit like Pepe did. Um, yeah. against us uh, at Arsenal for the equaliser. Mm. If he'd have done that sort of pivot and got the shot away, I think it would have caught the keeper and I think he, and mm. the defence. I think he might have had a chance, but it didn't happen. Uh, it was a very flat performance, wasn't it, really? Very lacklustre, would you say? Lacked yeah, it was. Energy. Everything about the whole, the whole day, night, really. Thursday night affected that. Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, you've got to put out a stronger team. If and that's uh, you're playing against teams that are around you in the league, you know, you've got to show a bit of bit of fight really. And that uh, not playing I think Neto whenever when he came on, he was just a bundle of energy, wasn't he? You know, he just it was it was frightening their defence. Why he couldn't start the game. He's he's clearly fit enough, isn't he, to start. Give him a go. Pedence as well has been been I, I do get well, some play from Boston, but I was we were all really shocked with with um I think surprise when we saw the lineup come out. The fact that you know maybe Raul, I was kind of saying in the in the build to the match that Raul looked a bit cream crackered and Fabio maybe earned a, a, a start. But then you keep Pedence and Wang round them because yeah. I think Pedence, you know, you you've got you've then got Neto and Trinko to to come on and Pedence we know is gonna you know, if he runs out of steam, he runs out of steam, and we, you know, but we, we, we get on the front foot. But it seemed to it very, it seemed a very much new no tactic. It's like let's keep it at nil nil till so about 60, 65 minutes. Take a chance if we get, and then we'll bring on Neto, Jimenez, and Pedence to try and win the game. And that was very much how Nuno used to look at it in some ways it last was. season, wasn't it? And it was a little bit like that. And the West Ham fan came on. Uh, Gio and he said when he saw the lineup straight away because he was worried about Wolves. He's like, "Where are these players that I'm worried about?" And if that's the mentality of a West Ham fan, then is that not going to be the mentality of the West Ham team going? Well, hold on, these are all on the bench. You know, we can. You, it, yeah, it just changes your mindset. And I thought, 
yeah, I mean, it's in hindsight now you can understand what I was trying to justify it before the game because it's like, okay, we played on Thursday. But I think there was too many changes. Personally. There were too many. I think too Paul Silva was, uh, you know, he was he was doing from the start really having no no real quality backup player with him. But then saw, you know, when Neto with him would have been, you know, giving him a fighting chance. But I, I felt sorry for the guy because he was battled so hard. Oh, he got the better of Zuma a couple of times. You know, Zuma had a fantastic game himself. He did. <laughs> How slight he is compared to Zuma, he got a better of him a few times as well. So he, he was he was my man of the match personally. I thought he um, deserved it. Even though Gaza wants cool. to know as a West Ham fan, how do you reckon it ranked in as an away day, West Ham? I've got to be honest, when I walked out into the ground, I was impressed because but it just felt like a, a massive cricket ground, if that makes sense. Like a big yeah. Yeah. It seems too doesn't seem like it's a football ground kind of thing, you know. Um, atmosphere was very flat. We were singing a few tunes to him. You sold your soul. I'm not going to sing the rest of the tune, but and the, all the West Ham fans were clapping and agreeing with this kind of thing, you know, because it was very flat. The atmosphere was. We were quite quiet as well. I thought Wolves fans were, but um, yeah, it's a very strange ground. We, we, we did have a lot to cheer about, to be honest. I mean, I did put up no. songs and stuff like that and have a go, but like you didn't get the. Um, you didn't ever feel at any point that there was any momentum really with with Wolves and the fans tried their best. I think a lot of I mean, my feels in on the on the the West Hammers. I think we've we've think it's a great little stadium, looks brilliant, really good facilities on the in, on the inside, yeah. spacious for the fans, plenty of good concourse area, plenty of toilets. Walk in, it looks impressive, and then it's like like you say, it's like a cricket ground in it, and or yeah, you know. It's... Yeah. Big ball, and it's difficult to generate. So, I'll give it good marks for facilities, but as in terms of yeah. you know yeah. the the Emirates the week the Thursday night. I know it was a big game for them, and it was that was really good. And Leeds yeah. were really good when we were away. Uh, so, what positives can you take out of these two games? Uh, not a lot, really. I've got to be honest, but I think. Uh, only positive from yesterday for me was uh, was uh, Silver's showing signs of the player is could potentially be. Um, he just needs that couple, few few goals, I think, and he is. I'm I'm excited for him really. I was uh, I, I said to the start of the season I thought he played his last game for Wolves. He was that poor, but now he's getting better and better when I've seen him. I'm um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how he develops as a player. I really am. Uh, I've got to be honest. We had a great January, didn't we? Um, some fantastic performances from players, but we've, we've been flat past a couple of games and the Norwich game as well. So I've got nothing to chat about, really. Well. Yeah, uh, that's true. Game. So your performance rating and your man of the match? Uh, silver man of the match, and I'll give it a four. A that's four. been polite. Yeah. So then we've four. got Silver, Kilman, and Samedo, uh and Pedence that are nominations for the uh, People's Vote at the end. Um, mate, I take it you're at Palace. Yes, I should be. I might be gigging uh, with Liam, but I'm hopefully going to make the game. Just hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, you're so busy with your gigging, mate. Fantastic. I appreciate you taking the time to come on tonight, though. I'll keep. Thank you very much, you. Dave. <laughs> awesome, mate. Too. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, pal. Take care, pal. See you, nice. bud. So that's Steve. Fantastic to have him on. And last but no means least, coming up at the uh, coming up late. Hey, Jack. Morning. All right, mate. How are you doing? Morning. <laughs> You're not on that late. <laughs> In a long few days, mate. I know. Yeah. Tell me good about evening, it. everybody. There we go. I know, it right this. It's good to have you on. 
Uh, we're going to kick off before we get on to the Arsenal and the um, the West Ham games because uh, you um, you go to pretty much everything really. You, anything to do with Wolves, you like opening for paper bag. You're there, aren't you? Really, really but like uh, you, you really are. But like you went to watch the uh, the young lads in the uh, FA Cup uh, quarter final, FA Youth Cup at Molyneux. Let tell us a little bit more about the uh, the under 18s mate. Uh, well, for anyone who's kind of not seen them or not followed them, let me tell you now, we've got some fantastic players coming through, some real talent coming through. And you can kind of see, we talk a lot about sort of the focus and investment and things like that. And people don't always see it because we're not spending £30 million on players and this, that and the other. But the investment in the academy is starting to really show through. The group that they're sort of bringing through now, this under-18 group, there are some real talent in there. And some of them are homegrown. Wolverhampton lads, you know, Nathan Fraser's from Tetnall. Tyler Roberts is, is Wensfield, I think he is. And then you've got the goalkeepers from Iceland. One of the centre-halves is from, from the Netherlands. So it's a real nice group. And, and they're very well coached as well by Steve Davies, who some of you might remember was Crew's first team manager and I think Leighton Orient as well. Yeah. So he's got a huge amount of experience as well. And he's bringing that into, into the, the academy group as well. So... It's real positive. It's a Has real good feel good story. Has one of those just signed a full professional con- contract today? Yeah, he's just turned 17 last week, I think, Fraser. And he obviously got a really good goal on, on Saturday. Took it like a, a seasoned striker, really. Sort of went through on goal, waited for the keeper to make his move and just rolled it under his legs. It was a really good finish. And he's just turned 17, which is when you're allowed to sign sort of professional forms. And they've obviously got him tied down to a, to a contract, which is, which is great stuff. And um, Reese has just said the under 23s won 4 3 tonight. Campbell scored a hat trick. Yeah, again, you know, the 23s, they're, they're probably, I always say with the, the 23s, it's like a holding pen for players. You know, our, our best younger players tend to go out on loan now to Grasshoppers or to sort of Blackburn, QPR, those ones in the Championship. And the 23s is kind of the under 18s just breaking through or the guys who aren't quite ready to go out on loan. So I wouldn't read too much into the 23 results at times. But again, people like Chem Campbell, Luke Cundall's played a lot in there this year. Marquez is back from loan. He's playing regularly in there now. So there are some good players in, in that group as well. And they're, you know, in, if, you're, if you're at a loose end or something, they're definitely worth going and watching. But I think the under-18s are probably the, the sort of the shining light at the minute, really, I would say. Well, it was it 2004 or something, the last time we got to the semi-finals? Uh, 2005 it was, yeah. 2005, is it? Hampton, yeah. yeah. And, um, and so it's a long, long time. And it's a long time, long, long time since Wolves won the FA Youth Cup. And, you know, tell us about the game, uh, the Brighton game. Was it 3-1 in the end? It's 3-1 in the end, yeah. Wolves went 1-0 up early on penalty. Uh, Tyler Roberts, the winger, got through on goal, chopped down penalty. Ollie Tipton, the centre half, the captain, stepped up bottom corner. Great penalty, you know. Uh, Brighton got straight back into it, one-one. From being really harsh goalkeeping error, he sort of came for the cross, stopped halfway, and using no man's land, and they just sort of looped the header over him, and it was one-one. You're thinking, oh, here we go. But they responded really well. Fraser got the goal for two-one, went through on goal under the keeper, brilliant. Weathered a bit of a storm second half. Brighton came out. They were up for it. They made a, a substitution. The right winger they brought on had a real impact. It was direct. Got at us a little bit. Got the third goal for 3-1. Slightly against the run of play, to be honest. But that kind of made the game safe. And, and then there was a bit of game management towards the end. A couple of substitutions. A few players with the usual cramp and things. You know, when you got to 90 minutes. Just to see the game out, really. And, and it was a professional performance, really. From, from a, such a young group. 
you know, the, the sort of the, like I said, the level of professionalism in terms of seeing the game. That was something that you don't always expect to see at that level. So it was a real positive as well because it would have been easy for them. And you felt if Brighton got back to three two, it would have been a real sort of nervous last few minutes. But yeah. they, they really got let that happen. It was really Wolves really good. Finish wouldn't hit a bit of a three two. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what we do, isn't it? Usually we kind of coast in the game, and you think, right, this is done, and then all of a sudden, oh, hang on a second, what's going on? But no, they saw it out really, really well. No, fantastic. And uh, we should, I mean, I, I said to you before, uh, you guys, I want you to come and report back on this, on the thing, because I think it's important for us to talk about these sort of things. And um, the under-18s, which is the, is the under-18s, have got Manchester United in the semi-final. Is that correct? Yeah, away at Old Trafford, yeah. There's not been a, an official date yet, but... It's is what, is like it not a neutral be... ground for the semi-final? Is it home and no, away? No, no, it, 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 it used to be home and away legs, but they've reduced it now to one leg, I think. I'm not quite sure the reason why, but it, it's just drawn now, and we were drawn away. At, at, it was Man United or Leicester, and Man United have got through, so it's a trip to Old Trafford, for which, again, you talk about experience, that's going to be fantastic for the boys. They're actually playing at Old Trafford? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the rule, the competition rule is you have to play at the first team's home ground. That's why we've played at Molyneux in all rounds. We've been at home, and we played at Sellers Park when we had Crystal Palace as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So Fantastic. So, you've got Manchester yeah. United. And who's the other semi-final? It's uh, Chelsea versus Blackburn or Nottingham Forest. So, you'd, you'd expect probably Chelsea to get through. So, yeah. And if they did get to the final, where's the final? I'm not sure yet. I think, again, they just draw it. I think it's a one-off game. I think they just draw who's going to be home or away. So, it could be Molyneux. It could be, you know, anywhere. So... Can you imagine if they got to the final? I think there'll be a few go to that. For the, the, I think. The, I mean, I think there were fifteen hundred there on Saturday, which is a good crowd. And and my friend that I was with said, you know, this is what they need. They need to play in front of a crowd. You know, because some, you know, we know academy football usually playing in front of your parents, a couple of scouts, and that's it really. So having fans in there that are sort of paying to come and watch and give an opinion, it's important for them as well. So, you know, if if you can, if people are out there and can get to Old Trafford whenever the date is. Go and get yourselves up there and support the boys. Josh Woodbury say whoever wins between us and United, the finals being held at the winning team's ground, apparently, is what he's oh, saying. Yeah, so, so it could be a Molyneux final, couldn't it, then? So that, that Can you would, imagine? That would be special. It would be, yeah. We might lift some silverware after all. Well, there we go. Could be not a wasted season after all, then. No, brilliant. Great, great, great for that. And they're doing absolutely brilliant, mate. Yeah. So long yeah. way to continue. And like you say, it's brilliant to be able to, because you, you're quite studious on the uh, you know your stuff and you follow the uh, the youngsters the under 23s and the under 18 so it's brilliant to hear your your thoughts on that uh pushing ahead to um the arsenal and west ham games did you go to both i did yeah yeah like you i said been, been a busy few days and as an interest i was cream crackered after arsenal i yeah. gotta tell you i got back about half past two um in the morning yeah, I mean, I was about two o'clock, like yeah, it, yeah. I mean, what? Let's talk about the Arsenal game first, and then we'll get on to West Ham and finish it off, mate. Thoughts on that? I mean, Arsenal was probably frustrating in terms of the last-minute goal, but if you're being really honest, it was kind of coming, wasn't it? You, you just felt we just hadn't got anything left to give. I, I was kind of likening it to a boxing match. If you watch the boxing, you know you can take punch all day long. The referee won't stop the fight. You'll only stop the fight if you're not throwing anything back. And in that second half against Arsenal, we weren't throwing anything back. We were just defending, booting it out, clearing it. We had nothing up front to hold the ball. It was coming back all the time. We couldn't cope with their tempo, their pace. 
There's no rhythm from our play. We couldn't keep the ball. And if we'd have got away with the with a draw, it would have literally been we got away with it. And and it was and it was disappointing because actually first half we were very very good. We got we got the one goal lead. We uh, took a, we had two or three good chances first half. I think Raul had two to make it two 0 And there's the the safe offside goal, which I've looked back and it's so close, isn't it? I think it could have gone either way. And you're just thinking, you know, let's build on this. It felt like a bit like a Tottenham performance, didn't it? You were thinking, right, we've quietened the, the home fans down. We've quietened the home team down. We're in a position here. It's in our palm if we can just manage this game. And for some reason, we just didn't. Whether, you know, we have to give credit to Arsenal for stepping it up because they were very, very good second half. But we just couldn't cope with the intensity. And once they got to 1-1, you just thought, this is going to be a long 10, 15 minutes. And it was unfortunate we couldn't hold out right at the end. But... I don't think we can complain about the results, to be honest, because I think no, they were it's just, I think it was, it's the way it ended. Yeah. Right, if they'd have won, scored on the 80th minute and it was two-one, they did deserve it on the balance of play. It's just a sucker punch. But then, those are the swings and roundabouts, the joy and the pain of football. We've been on the we've been on the other side against Villa, where we got those late goals and late winning and the delirium. And you can understand the Arsenal fans being so ecstatic about that uh, win. It's a big win for them. I went away disappointed, philosophical. Okay, we've lost. Move on to West Ham. Go again. And I don't know. West Ham was didn't. It was a funny, funny old day. I mean, what what are you? What were your thoughts on the team selection when that came out? I mean, I kind of understood. I mean, we had a big game like we say Thursday night. It would have took a lot out of the players emotionally, physically. There wouldn't have been a lot of recovery time, perhaps, in between them, which obviously plays into Bruno's thoughts. We, we're obviously not involved in that dressing room. We don't know who was fit, who was, you know, struggling. So, you know, he makes those changes. You just back the team that he puts out, don't you? We knew Samedo wasn't going to play. You know, I knew he was really Any idea how long Samedo's out for? Have you heard anything, Jeff? I've not. Uh, the only thing I've been told is that it's not a torn hamstring. It's just a, a pull. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. So that would lead me to think it's a few weeks rather than a few months which is obviously going to be important because we, yeah. we we missed him so much yesterday we did. he was untrue um so yeah i mean I, I was i thought raul probably needed a break after arsenal obviously whether he going back to the emirates on thursday after his injury took a, a lot out of him mentally i don't know obviously we haven't had that conversation with him i was pleased to see fabio start i do like fabio i've said on on your show before haven't i'm kind of in his fan club and and you know, there's not many members of the fan club at the minute, but I'm hoping people will sort of get I, on board. I like Fabio. I, yeah. I, mean, I think it's not his fault that there's a £35 million price tag no. on him. If no. he was £15 million, he wouldn't get half the stick. But I, I thought out of all the players on the pitch at the weekend, he did give 100 I mean, I'm not saying that the others didn't, but he just literally never stopped trying the whole game. No, he, I thought he was probably our best player, really, Fabio, in terms of the impact on the game. I know Neto came on and had a real impact and that was great to see. But, I mean, Fabio, again, you know, the game, the second half particularly yesterday is, is one of the reasons why you shouldn't read too much into stats because the stats will say second half yesterday we had one shot on target and anyone looking at it go, that's rubbish. One shot on target, what are they doing? But Fabio had at least three shots that were going in that were blocked. Yeah, they were. They don't count as shots on target, but they were probably better than the shot on target we had. Which yeah, but the the shots that Fabio had were probably better chances, and without the blocks from I think Zuma and Dawson, they'd have been headed and so they'd have gone in. Yeah, and 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 actually, what was great about that, just talking about Fabio, 
the majority of the chances he had yesterday, he created himself. They weren't put on a plate for him by a good play. He had to hold the ball up. He had to take a touch, find a bit of space. And he did it really, really well. He struggled with the physical side of it, which you kind of expect from him. He's not there physically yet, is he? But once no. the ball was played into feet, I thought he had a really good game. And I think that's one of the few positives we can take from, from yesterday. He kind of looked like a Premier League centre-forward yesterday, which, you know, he struggled with at times, hasn't he? Particularly last season, you know, he was sort of thrust into it, in the you know, into the spotlight when he probably wasn't expecting it. And he, and he wilted a little bit at times. But he stood up yesterday. You know, it's a, it's a real battle against Zuma. I mean, his cats will tell you that. But, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's a physical battle, isn't it? And and he stood up to it really, really well. And I think, you know, he got into it and he got stronger and stronger. And I was pleased, actually, that, that Bruno kept him on. Because I think... No, I am mean, man. I was, I was I thought, you know, at times, every time I looked over and I saw Neto coming on per dance, I thought, don't take Fabio off. And he kept him on, which was great. And, and that'll do his confidence a lot, you know, to get the 90 minutes. So, yeah, no, that was one really positive. I thought um, we did struggle with the lack of the wing backs, both Ait Nori and Samedo. I thought the wing backs didn't have, a, have the best of games. Obviously, we missed a bit of crap. I, I would have liked to have seen us gone with a three in midfield, like we did at United and Tottenham, personally. But it didn't have, didn't happen. I thought he went to a three against Arsenal, but he, he went too late again to the three at Arsenal to shore up the midfield and try and get more control of the game. It seemed to content to be repelling the attacks and like 80 minutes, something's going to give. We've got unlucky at the end. It is what it is. Uh, as I said a couple of times, a few fans as I was coming out of the game said, Dave, that's Europe gone. Your your thoughts on that? I don't think so. I mean, like I've said all along, haven't I? Europe's probably not our ambition this season. As much as we'd love it and, and we've all got on board with the songs and, you know, and we're getting excited about it, that's probably not our ambition this season. You know, with the money that, that Arsenal have spent and Tottenham and West Ham and Manchester United, Europe's their, it's their be or end all, isn't it? They, they've got to get into Europe, those teams. We're probably not in that position because we haven't invested as heavily in the squad this summer and, and in the winter window. And because we're on the back of a, what, we, what everyone was deeming a transition season last year where obviously the manager's now moved on and, and we've had one or two changes in the playing staff. Europe's probably not our ambition this season. And that's not to say we shouldn't be looking to do it, because, of course, we should. We should be aiming as high as we can. But if we didn't finish in Europe, it doesn't make this season a disaster or a write-off or any of those things. And I think, again, we've just got to have a little bit of perspective sometimes. You know, If we don't finish in Europe, yes, we're going to be disappointed because the position we put ourselves in, that doesn't necessarily mean it's been a bad season. You know, especially when you consider it's Bruno's first season as a as a manager in England, his first season at Wolves. You know, the coaching staff; it's their first season. One or two players have come in, and it's their first season. And if you look at Semedo this season compared to last season, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? So there's perhaps one or two players in the squad this year who are going to have a Semedo season next year and be so much better. Well, so, that, that that's the hope if we keep Trincao. Well, again, you know. The thing with Trinko, he's just not up to it physically, is he? You know, you watch him, he's a fantastic footballer. He's got a lovely first touch. You know, some of his link-up play is really, really nice. But just gets bullied off the ball. And I think it was the first 30 seconds yesterday, he went up for a 50-50 and just got absolutely clattered. And you just thought, right, that's him done then, isn't it? Because he's not going to get up and go, I'll have another go at that. He's going to hide hide away, isn't he? And he's going to sort of duck out of things and, and sort of leave, sort of not quite go for it, which is what he does, isn't it? And And... 
that's kind of him, isn't it? We're not going to be able to coach that out of him until he develops physically and, and, he's, and he's strong enough to take the hits and get straight back up. So, again, like you say, if, if he does join permanently in the summer, you've got to kind of hope he has a, a bit of time in the gym and, and, you know, gets on the protein shakes and, and, you know, gets a bit stronger because there's a footballer in there. And I've seen some some absolute drivel from some people talking, you know, he's a non-league level player. I wouldn't have him in the under-23s. That's, that's rubbish. He's a very, very good footballer, but he's not physically ready for the Premier League and he's not physically ready for English football. And people could say the same about Samado last year, couldn't they? And people could say the same about Neto when he first joined and look at him now. I know. Yeah. And he is an exciting uh, prospect. Uh, we're going to uh, ask you your performance rating and um, and your man of the match. And then I've got a couple of things that I want to say before we get to the uh, an announcement, before we get to uh, the people's vote. So your performance uh, rating? Uh, I'll probably go five and a half yesterday. Five and a half, and who yeah. are you going to give your man of the match to? I'm going to go to Fabio, just because I'm, go I'm a bit biased, but I was really pleased to see him have a good game, so I'm just going to go with Fabio. So, guys, in the chat, uh, you need to be putting down your, your votes from Fabio, uh, from Kilman, from um, who was the other one? Uh, Pedence. And I think Neto was voted up there as well. There's another one. Drop it down. Um, I want to say a happy birthday to Katie, who's one of my members um, and supports the channel with a membership. It's her birthday today, so I want to say a happy birthday. And if you're interested in supporting the channel, um, then there's the, uh, the membership link there and you can sign up to be a member. That would be amazing. Um, if you're enjoying this content, please smash a like on the video. Uh, let YouTube know you like it. And the other announcement is this Thursday, we're going to have a mega live podcast because we are going to be joined by the athletics tim spears live on the podcast um so all being well that'll happen thursday night um we'll get a good hour good hour and a half live questions with tim and uh, that'll be going live thursday from i think about half past seven so make sure you're subscribed and you've got your notifications on because you do not want to miss that one and you guys will be able to come on in the chat uh, get your questions um, and put your questions to Tim. And I'm sure there's going to be loads of things that you're going to be uh, wanting to ask because obviously he's the athletics journalist. He's been the Wolves reporter at the Expressor for many years. Uh, and that should be a good one, shouldn't it, Jack? That's going to be great, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Tim. Tim's very good at what he does, isn't he? he you know, he sees, he calls it how he sees it, doesn't he? Which is kind of all you can ask for in a... You know, he's a journalist. He pulls no punches, does he, when he, when something needs to be said. So, yeah, I'm sure he's got quite a lot to say about what's been going on this season. Yeah, and of course, he'll obviously have a, a little bit more insight onto some of the things that are going on and Fosun's plans and stuff like that. So, I'm sure that's going to be intriguing. Um, and all being well, hopefully that that will be going ahead on Thursday night, unless there's a, a change of plan in the meantime. Um, I'm just going to be waiting now just for the next 60 seconds before we get... Uh, the um, the nomination from the producer. Uh, looking ahead to Crystal Palace, Jack, thoughts on that? Tough game. Not a team you particularly look forward to playing. They're a dangerous side, aren't they? They've got a lot of what I call flashy players up front. Zaha, you know, Elise, Eze, that can cause you problems on, on their day. 
They've got a little bit of a, a weakness at the back. I think they're not they're not the strongest in in defence, particularly and in, in full backs. I don't think so. That's somewhere we could perhaps get at them. And I know they've had issues with the goalkeeper recently in terms of Butland and Guaita. They've not quite been able to to stick with one. I mean, it reminds me a little bit the last few home games, Southampton and Leicester. You know, if we play well, then you give us you know more than a puncher's chance of winning, don't you? But we've got to be at it. We've got to be a lot better than we were against West Ham. That's for sure. Because if we're not, then then Crystal Palace will punish us, and then it's they've, a got, they've got players that will, you know, Sahar can punish it. We've got to be on the front foot from the off. I think they have got a week, um, you know, a week's gap. So hopefully they, you know, they've got some downtime to recovery time, um, and we'll hopefully, aside from probably Samada, we'll have a full squad to pick from, and we'll see, you know, normal service. But I can't see the likes of Trincao. And Hoover's starting. I think it's more likely going to be Aitnari will be back in. You probably think Johnny Otto uh, will come in. Matini will probably come back in into the middle two to go with the three. Uh, would you, you know, would you swap Saïs out for Bolly at this point? I'm not sure I would. Not necessarily. No, I mean Saïs hasn't quite been at it since he came back from from the African Cup of Nations. I think that's probably fairly obvious for everyone to see, but it's been such a, a good defensive unit this season, hasn't it? Saar, Cody, Kilman, Sice as that sort of four at the back there. I wouldn't be making changes for the sake of it. If someone's injured or can't play, suspended, etc., then of course you've got to make changes, but they're, they're sort of getting so used to each other's game now. I think if you can keep them there for the consistency, then, then you've got to, because you know, someone like Nori, for example, does get injured every so often, so you have to make changes there. Yeah. So if you're having to make enforced changes, then you're deciding to make changes for the sake of it as well. It becomes quite disjointed, doesn't it? I think there were probably, if we look, I know we're looking in hindsight, but there were probably too many changes against I West agree. Ham. I think two, two changes too many. I would have kept Pedence up front, uh, yeah. personally. I think just having that Pedence up front would have made a big difference uh, to start us off and once we, we know once we get our noses in front, we're hard to, uh, to we don't lose. I think it was it the Arsenal goal in the 95th minute. It was the first time that we've took nothing out of a game after scoring first um, since 2018 or something stupid. Yeah, it was like Cardiff that. away, wasn't it? 2018, we, we went 1-0 up and lost 2-1 as well. So it, 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 the, stat, the stats kind of, kind of back it up, don't they? When we go in front, we're very, very difficult to break down and, and we're dangerous on the break for teams. When we go 1-0 down, we struggle to then break teams down that, that sort of sit off. And I mean, I thought West Ham's fans kind of got on their back quite a lot towards the end of the game yesterday, didn't they? They could kind of feel that, that something was happening, but we just didn't manage to do it, did we? So, no, no we, we didn't. We, with the, you know, with the last 15 minutes, if we'd have nicked a, a point, I was thinking to myself when it got to the 81st, 82nd, maybe we can do an Arsenal. Just didn't happen, did it? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I thought, to be fair, I thought we were better second half. We did improve, and particularly when the substitutions came on. And if we had nicked a point, I think that might have been all right because West Ham were better than us we first half. within two points. Um, yeah, and I, and I think that's probably coloured a lot of people's reaction, hasn't it? The fact that, you know, we've lost to a team that we were sort of chasing down and it's just opened that gap up a little bit. That's why people are frustrated and, and eventing a little bit. You know, if we'd have lost... Well, games to... to go, Jack. 36 points to play for, mate. It was a third of the season, more or less, isn't it? So, you know, there's still a huge amount of football to be played. And, and all of a sudden now, you look at the league table, pretty much everyone's got something to play for. You know, and the top well, race is, is back on. The, the top four is on. The European places, the relegation's wide open all of a sudden. So... 
everyone's going to be playing someone who's playing for something at the minute. No, there's yeah. no dead games, are there? No, not not yeah. unless you may be Brighton. Yeah, yeah, but even they're probably pushing and looking at us and thinking, well, Wolves have lost two in a row. You know, we're only seven points behind them or whatever it is. You know, so it, it's one of those, isn't it? Everyone's well, exactly. To... I mean, if you put two or three ball wins together or two or three, four results together and all of a sudden the table changes very, very quickly. It does. Um, Europe's, you know, it was a setback. I still think it's within reach. If we don't reach it, whatever happens, if we finish in the top 10, top eight, there's still a decent season for this first year. The disappointment, obviously, with the FA Cup, what happened there because there was an opportunity, but that's gone. Uh, and he gets his first full season. I think if we get European football, we're more likely to be keeping on to keeping hold of a certain couple of players, and also it gives us the opportunity to go to that next level to entice players in as well. If we get the European football, and because we need a bigger squad, we can't go into uh, a Europa League campaign with the same small squad like that Nuno had. We, we would definitely need an extra two or three players. Uh, in that, because it's going to put extra pressure on the season for next year. Uh, but there you go. Uh, final thoughts, Jack? Uh, again, you know, keep the faith, everyone. I know I say it quite a lot, but, you know, it's been a good season. We've had a couple of disappointing results under par performances. But what I will say, we've had um, the last five games, we've had uh, Arsenal, Tottenham, Leicester, Arsenal, West Ham. So 15 points to play for. We've got six. So we've got over a point a game from those, which is a tough little run of fixtures. We've got, a, a, on paper, a kind of little run coming up. I think we've got five or six games against teams that are sort of yeah. 10th to, to 16th, something like that. So, you know, put, put a run back together that we can, which we know we're capable of, and things will start to feel better. And and like I say, you know, just keep perspective. Don't kind of let the results sort of cloud how you view the season as a whole. Yes, we're all disappointed. We could have done so much better against West Ham particularly. That wasn't really a true reflection of what this team's capable of. But it's going to happen, isn't it? Everyone has games like that where they don't show show what they're about. Mate, and, and, as, and I've just noticed that comment there. Things could always be worse, couldn't they? We could be 13th in, in the Championship mate, with Andy Carroll up front. I'm just, I was just, just about to say, if you want cheering up, you know, the West Birmingham Baggy Birds down the road, you know, they were... 10 games or something, 13 games into the season, I don't think they lost. Looking certain promotion. And then Steve Bruce, is, is it Steve Bruce that's there now? Well, absolutely. I mean, they got rid of the, the previous manager because the football was rubbish and they've appointed Steve Bruce. And they ain't won. Rid, riddle me gone, that, you know. So, And they've just gone 1-0 down at home to Swansea. Jesus. You know, they, they're, yeah. if they haven't had that good start, they've been really struggling to going down to League One, the form that they're in. But if you want to put a smile on your face, come on, Swansea. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Agent Bruce in charge, says Carl. Guys, thank you very much for joining. Uh, like I say, make sure you subscribe. You've got the bell notifications. Hopefully that podcast will take place live here on YouTube on Thursday. And I know you won't want to miss that. You'll be able to get involved with it. Um, check out in the description. Please support my partner, uh, Spider VPN. Click the link and check them out. If you want to be a member, the details are down below. And of course, enter the Pedro Neto shirt. Um, you can enter that for the chance that that uh, you've got till Wednesday at seven thirty to get in the draw for that, and that will be drawn live on the Football Prizes Facebook page at twelve midday on Thursday. I watched the draw myself for the Pedence shirt, and it was very, very good. Very fairly done as well. Thank you, everyone, uh, from me and Jack and all the pundits and the people's vote did end up going 
Fabio Silva was the winner of the people's vote. Until the next one, always Wolves. Always Wolves. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.